You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Episode 315 of the New Utah Podcast. It is weird not hearing our intro music. Yeah, but I could see it on your computer, well, and I normally can't, so I was like watching it. Well, it's supposed to be playing because we're on location uh, this week. It's a field trip today, and we, so we all... got our baby board. We all got to ride the short bus. What? I didn't ride a short bus. <laughs> no, I, I came in Breeze CRV. Yeah. Uh, no, we're at, uh, we're at Red Rock Brewing. Yeah. Uh, Red Rock Brewery, the actual brewery. And the beer store. Yeah. The beer store. That's right. Beer store next door. Well, here, but next door. I don't know. It's yeah. It's it's adjacent. They're connected. They're the same building. <laughs> <laughs> Not by Utah standard. There's a magical line. Yeah. There's a there's there a wall. Somewhere. I see it. That's a dispensary of sorts. Big old sign. This is not a brewery. This is not a... Re- Good <laughs> thing that's a, gone, though, right? This is a package. You should still see it somewhere. Some what places. is it called? A package... Uh, package agency. Package agency. Package agency. That's what that is right there at the beer store. Well, if you remember Tanner, the liquor lawyer, she yeah. collected all those signs Tanner and Leonard. put them on the wall in her office. You uh, have to know Tanner, right? In this space. Everyone yeah. knows Tanner. We've interviewed her a couple She's times. She's been on the show a few times. Yeah. We like her. She's great. She usually talks to us towards the end of the legislative session about all the garbage that Shit, happened. The, <laughs> two, um, one step forward, two steps back. Anyway. So, yeah. So, uh, episode 315, that other voice that you hear is uh, Michael Drews, uh, who is the, he's the man about, about town. town. Man about town for, he's the director of business development. He does everything, basically. Friend of together. the brewery. The only thing he doesn't do, he was very clear about when we were talking a little bit ago. Is brew. He's not a brewer for <laughs> Red Rock. He's a home brewer. <laughs> He's a home brewer taster. Home brewery beer drinker, taster. AKA He's beer a beer drinker. drinker. Yeah. Professional beer taster. Professional beer drinker. Like for real, you are. Like you could you could play hockey because you drink beer the way you do. You could curl because curling is the only Olympic Bowling. event where you can drink. Bowling. If you, if you only understand the sacrifice I've made physically. Um, my <laughs> former occupation is an Abercrombie Finch model. And I went into craft beer. And here's and now you can't fit into their clothes. Right. Like their largest. You can't even look at them anymore. I'm glad you took one for the team. Right. You don't need to be in that store. That's Trust me. Pretentious. <laughs> it's um, pretentious. So I want real quick, we're going to get into it pretty fast here, I think, uh, with, with you. Um, but I want to get an update from Julia. Because she spent the weekend in the sun with 100,000 of her closest friends at the Pride Festival. Half, half Only 75,000, but yeah. 70, oh, my gosh. That was the busiest I have ever been. I didn't go to the bathroom until midnight that first day. Did you need, like, a catheter? I should have. No. <laughs> did they have porta potties Well, yeah, I but she didn't have busy. time to get away. Is my mic working? I don't feel like it is. Oh, yeah, I can definitely hear you. Working. Oh, okay. I'm just you not were, hearing it in my head. You were too loud, so you had to turn, I had to turn it down. Oh, okay. Remember when we do the sound so check? So when we do the sound check, uh, so this is Julia's first, well, maybe not the first no, time. No, it is really is the it first your first? Time. Second, because we oh. did the neighborhood we, high. Yeah, but that. this is our first, like, real. Oh, so when we do the sound check and we say be at the level that you are during the show. And That's then it's really not. hard for people to do that. Oh. <laughs> Talk it. Yeah, I was talking really loud during the sound check. So Pride. She was at Pride. I was at Pride. Holy Heck, it was busy, but it was awesome. We sold out of pretty much everything oh, that's awesome. that I brought. I brought like 50 
uh, mystery boxes, being like, this will be good enough just to fill up some space. Those were all gone the first day. So I, People I went love to the shop. Boxes. I love mystery well, boxes. Well, I did them themed. I did them weird so, themed. So, so stuff at, like at, Boss at, Bitch. At, oh, there you at go. Fanex, we almost now, always get one. There's like 1,200 mystery box vendors. Like there's vendors that come <laughs> in. They have these whole spaces and all it is is mystery box stacked awesome. 20 feet high. So yeah, I just ordered 900 more cardboard boxes so I can make more of them. But it was stuff like I really like cubes because we have people come in and just want the cube shaped stuff, or I just like pretty rocks. I don't care about the magic part. So I literally had one called that. That one was gone so fast. I had one that was calm the fuck down. That was gone the second I put it on the table. Um, but yeah, so that was really fun. Yeah, by far the best sales day. The tarot readers did amazing. They each made a couple oh, thousand awesome. dollars doing like, tarot awesome. readings. They had an hour long line. I'm assuming they frown upon mystery boxes at a brewery. <laughs> what? Like no label. <laughs> a mystery beer. The mystery drink. Well, he could put t-shirts in it. There are other things for sale here. <laughs> I'm just saying, a mystery brew. No. Nobody that doesn't, that. that sounds, that sounds disturbingly Nobody like a, a Long Island iced tea <laughs> that I, somebody mixed incorrectly. Look, oh, you know what a mystery brew is? Uh, the Otto Falls Beer Festival was this weekend. Right? <laughs> and it's the people that wait till the very end of the beer festival and all of the, um, all the know, good stuff's gone. Uh, you know, you take up the, the orange Home Depot bucket and, when you mispour something, you dump it into the bucket. We call it the Schmeg bucket. Yeah. And there's people that go around and want to drink it. Ew. Now, that's the mystery brew. That's friend. the suicide version of beer, and it is so disgusting. One time we went to an RSL game in Colorado, and we had the Rocky Mountain okay, Cup. Let me, let me preface this by saying I was really drunk. He was so drunk he was wearing like a, his mask upside down. But but the point is is... is everybody just dumped their beer in the Rocky Mountain Cup and then passed it around... Yeah, all the fans were in a. So I mean, we're talking like every, like it wasn't even one brand. Like no. the preface, this was pre-COVID. Oh yeah, oh, this was a this long was time ago. So long ago, this, this was, was probably like ten years. This ago. This was when I could go to an away game and drink my ass off all night and drink. But it was so funny. He literally had like his mask, and so he's looking through the like the breathing the hole, and then he kept saying, "I can't breathe," and it's because he was like his mouth was at the forehead part. I don't know, upside down. It was interesting. It was like a hockey um, mask upside down. <laughs> that was fun though. But that exactly that experience where all the beer, like everyone, is the cup got passed. Poured their beer into it and then took a drink. Yeah, it was. Talk about disgusting. I mean, I don't even know what it tasted like. I was, I was. Yeah, nobody, at that point, nobody cared. They were too drunk. It did. If I was sober, I don't know that I would have done it, so. (laughs) And we were on, like, bleachers, so So, people were stumbling. It was actually kind of funny. So you were just there Saturday or Saturday and Sunday? It was Saturday and Sunday, yep. Full days both times. Um, and then I guess our next event that we're doing next week, it's gonna be West Fest. It's the 16th, 17th, and 18th. So Is that the one that's there. in West Valley? Uh, yeah. It used to be. A, Remember she said it was the West Valley Fair, and I said, no, it's not. It's West Fest. Mm-hmm. It used to be No, I Granger. said it was in, like, West Jordan, because I was guessing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They used to do it at Granger. Yeah, but yeah. now it's in the West Valley Park across from Walmart on 56. Yeah. The, which is a nice, like, it's the it's their... Uh, are they having carny rides this year? I am sure they are. If not, you can catch so, us the next week at Harriman Town Days nope. or the next week at Riverton Town Days. I will not so. be driving to Harriman. <laughs> South Jordan just had their Carney Days or whatever they call it last this last weekend. I'm excited for Carnies again. Those the rides that you see on all the YouTube where the whole ride like starting to tip over. Everybody's oh, yeah. going no, on right. just no. It's going to be hot though, right? Like I think it's in the oh, 90s yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be 94 by Thursday. I yeah, think. that's going to be. 
Not good for. And then I think it goes down a little bit again, and then I don't think we'll see low temperatures again until the end of summer. Yeah, not good down. for my lack of cucumbers in my garden for sure. I'm disappointed. The, the yeah. plants have not grown. So. No cucumbers. Zero. Um, zucchini for me so far. Yeah. Like well, at this point, I planted them so long ago. They're they're gone. I got to. You got to replant. So I'm gonna replant this weekend some stuff. So. Well, that's exciting. <laughs> it is farm talk. High notes. We got to have farm talk early on. It's bees spring. are doing amazing though. We're doing our Utah adventure this weekend, so you'll hear about that at the end of the month. Coming up, yeah. yeah. I didn't go downtown Saturday. I was afraid, so no farmers market for me. But next week we will, for sure. Was it was it crazy here downtown over the weekend? I was in Sedona at a yoga festival. Well, That's good a good you. choice. That's probably smart. I'm a I'm an avid supporter of LGBTQ rights. I'm but, uh, an, also an avid supporter of staying the hell away from festivals like that. Uh, just too well, many people. Too much. Because it was Pride and the Farmer's Market opened. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think Farmer's Market was quite the draw. That <laughs> Honestly. No, 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 no. That's not what I mean. That, I'm just saying. So yeah. that, that, that was a The lot Idaho Falls people. Beer Festival might have been a better idea. <laughs> no, no. You, you had mentioned it. So. Um, but yeah, we're, we're here at, uh, we're here at Red Rock. Um, we've, uh, walked around and taken a tour of the facility and. Julie um, will be posting some pictures and stuff. I honestly didn't even really think about us being here because I thought when we had booked this, I was like, well, which one are we going to? Are we going to go to the restaurant over on, in Fashion Place? Or are we going to go to the, the one downtown, which is, like you said, a self-sustaining brewery? Um, but no, we're here by the beer store and, uh, at the facility you produce. This Most is the Willy stuff. Wonka factory. This is where the magic happens here. This location is an extension of um, the change in Utah law to allow for high point beer. And uh, uh, we weren't equipped uh, downtown. Downtown, for the most part, well, obviously, if it's on draft, it's 5%. At the time, it was 4%. This facility enabled everything above that. So right about the time that Epic Brewing came into existence, this followed about a year after that. And so, and, and the point was to be able to start packaging and selling at the liquor store, the higher point stuff at the Correct. time. Correct. That's right. Nice. So how many other, how many other local brewers were doing a lot of that at that time? Cause I know, like, I know Squatters had a few high point, uh, beers back then still, but I don't know how many other local brewers were doing a lot of the package stuff. A lot of them fell into a specialty category, the barrel aging and mm-hmm. things like that. Um, in fact, I just went back to bone up on my history to see, you know, when, when the other breweries were coming out with these things. And, uh, um, I was actually working on the history of Ella Fino, um, trying to bone up, recollect. And, uh, yeah, so there was a period of time that they were making high point beers, but they were specialty. And, um, um, for the most part, Epic came out and designed a business model around it. And, um, I don't know if you recall this, but I found it interesting that at the time they, um, their market position was making fun of, 4% beer uh-huh. oh, yeah. and that they would never stoop uh, to that level. And then, of course, three years later, they stooped. Because you got to pay the bills. And you got to pay the bills. Yeah. <laughs> and really, at the end of the day, you got to pay the bills. <laughs> well, the problem is in, in the state of Utah, there's only so much you can make um, selling to the local liquor store. And that's, I mean, that's where Epic existed. And they only did bottles for the longest time, the tall bottles, I remember. Um, but unless you have figured out how to get distribution across the country, you're not going to survive with specialty beer only, most likely. You, you've got to do something to hit the masses in Utah. 
keep in mind that there was a period of time that you could not have a high point beer in the Utah liquor store. So Which is when that law was changed, that's what opened up um, a lot of creativity for Utah brewers. Which is interesting because I've always thought of Utah. Utah has always been, because of the way our liquor laws are structured, has always been a, a state with a lot of breweries and a lot of creativity in a sense because to find out we had to find ways to be able to consume without you know having the state necessarily be able to put as much of a stamp on it as they do and so we have you know for a for a state that is heavy LDS we have a really big brewing scene we have a ton of breweries and um you know, just to kind of shoot down another line of that analogy is that when we were at 4% and the rest of the United States, you know, was at any level they wanted to be, it forced creativity mm-hmm. by that boundary. Um, and I'm just going to do a quick flyby up here in Idaho Falls. I wasn't there personally, but I'm aware of the of what occurred. And Utah cleaned house. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, it really? was one Utah brewery after another. Every metal announcement was Utah, 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 Utah. And uh, that is a result of the discipline of having <laughs> boundaries and constraints. Well, and a lot that's, of creativity comes out of it. That's something you see at a lot of competitions. There's a reason why when you go to a lot of different breweries, you see the medals from different competitions around the country because because of that. Because they're, they've been able to create such amazing stuff on such constraint. We have an enormous amount of talent in Utah, not to take anything from any other state, but, um, you know, it's a anomaly, uh, to other people around the country. Um, you know how they are, you know, the bias and, yeah. uh, and then comes a war time. It's like, here's your bias. Like, exactly. Yeah. I mean, cause when I think of Utah, I mean, still when I travel, I get, well, how many wives do you have? Well, like, I mean, that's kind of the premise of the whole podcast is we go out and try and find the things that are so cool about Utah that people don't think of and, and about Utah. There's a reason we've talked to quite a few breweries and even distillers in the state is because it is something that Utah, I mean, we, we have people here that have a true love for it. And we have, I mean, outside of the actual breweries like you guys, we also have a really big local brew scene where people make oh, yeah. amazing home brews. Amazing stuff. I mean, I've heard that some of them aren't quite so amazing, though, no. from our professional Look, I've tried here. a banana bread homebrew. What the hell? My, my, my buddy Zach was experimenting. It didn't turn out great, but whatever. Yeah, it's uh, that's where the personal growth is. You know, you make mistakes and you grow from there. You know, um, um, as we talk more about the history of Red Rock, in contrast to the mad home brewer in the garage like chris dietrich uh who opened up level crossing in south salt lake um he'd stop by here and he'd share some of his home brews with us and and uh you know he had he like it looking for a little bit of feedback and and uh, now he's knocking down his own awards as yeah. a brewery so well i mean it's like uh so uh baba is that wasatch uh I can't Uinta. remember you went to you went to i can't ever remember from those three so baba was a home brewer that had made Baba and ended up selling. He went to a competition with Wasatch, and Wasatch ended up buying the recipe from him, and that's where Baba came from. I did some work for his wife at the place that she Isn't that one at. of your faves? Or I love Baba. Yeah. I love I and you love, love those. Fat tire. Yeah, I love I love a red. I love a, 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 a like a, a dark dark beer. I like stouts quite a bit. Interesting and l- enough, like we talk about Elvino. IPAs are by far my least favorite beer, by a lot. 
And I think it's because... Well, good. Here, have another one. <laughs> <laughs> so, but what I will say is, you know, Elefino is a... You know, it's a, a double IPA, and like you've said... It doesn't um, smell like most IPAs, though. It's not an in-your-face, like, here... Yeah, like, I smell it, and I smell beer, and not, like, here's hops usually, and nothing I'm like, else. hello! Like, like, I jumped into the hops fat or something. I don't get that when I smell it. Well, because I feel like the trend is put as much hops in, in, as you possibly can, because that's what people want, but it's nice to taste it. Well, you know, it's interesting um, from a marketing perspective, but... Uh, even Elefino, when it was first launched, if you read the description, you know, they were trying to blow your mind with how many, you know, hops uh, were in this beer. And in the end, the beauty is in the balance. And so it's the malt backbone that enables uh, this to be a well-balanced, drinkable well, and, uh, yeah, double a, IPA. It's a really, yeah. it's a really smooth IPA. You yeah. still get the really bitter hit at the back. But it's not. But that malt smooths it out. Yeah, and, so and, really and by cool. style, this is going to go into a category of uh, this would be a West Coast Dipa Double IPA, if you will, and um, not to be confused with a North Northeast uh, Double IPA, which is a whole other variety. Which uh, we just launched a new version uh, called Net Nanu Nanu uh, <laughs> in that category. And uh, but um, this. How elef- do you spell Nanu Nanu? N A N U Nanu Nanu. Is that a throwback to? That's a Mork and Mindy. I was going to say, that's a throwback to Mork and Mindy. Yeah. I just, you know, I I don't know. I couldn't imagine how you spell it. Yeah. And um, so Elefino, since we're on the subject, um, Elefino is the second highest uh, revenue and sales for in the category of IPA for the state of Utah. And um, uh, beyond that, it really became kind of a cult beer. So um, the uh, Hop Rising was the first mover in this category and continues to be the top seller in a 12-ounce can. I was going to ask who, who's yeah. beating you. So yeah. Hop Rising. And, uh, and, and, and it's interesting because uh, in my circles, uh, we're not drinking it. We're Elefino freaks, right? And so it's interesting to see how within our own community that people uh, get polarized. I'm not um, pandering, but this is definitely better than hop rising well um thank you very much we'll take that as a compliment (laughs) i totally (laughs) agree as a non-ipa fan overall i definitely this is a lot better i think it's it's a lot smoother i think to drink than the than the hop rising is do you remember the old bitter beer face commercials yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's what i think of when you get like a double ipa <laughs> yeah, so it's 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 quite interesting locally. Um, I don't know if you've had the the privilege of meeting uh, Mikey, the Utah Beer Blog. Uh, he does a little bit of radio and things like that I as well. I think we've had him yeah. on the show, haven't we? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'll, 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 I don't know if we've had him on the show, but. You know, uh, if you did any sort of round table with other brewing this year or, um, two weeks ago, we had craft beer week and, um, uh, Mikey is the, he's the grandfather of craft beer here in Utah. Um, he's, uh, by trade a camera person, um, for, uh, I believe the Fox network here huh. locally. And, um, uh, nevertheless, he's had his hands in Utah beer at every level. There's not a beer that comes out in the state, uh, that he doesn't cover in new beer Friday. On the Utah Beer Blog, and uh, you know, I think he's uh, he's been quoted in the Wall Street Journal, the USA Today, <laughs> you name it. Uh, 
Um, anyway, um, he used to run a, right along with March Madness, he would run a beer bracket for Utah beers. And oh, that, oh yeah. And that had, that. That, yeah, that had no regard to style. Uh, that was just, you had to pick a favorite. So some, straight so, beer yeah, you. so sometimes you had to eat your own, uh, you know, and, uh, we had a couple of our beers go up, you know, so, head to head and, and, and one's going to move through, one's not. Well, Elefino, uh, just, dominated um, that category and it was just this precious time of craft beer history for Utah where you know our community and I'm, I'm talking about consumers not brewers necessarily and consumers are coming into this game of, of craft beer you're moving from uh, from grocery store beers to, to greater varieties and you're trying different things and uh, uh, I'm not kidding when I'm saying that really became kind of a cult favorite and and Mikey just said uh, he was with Bad Brad Wheeler, uh, K-U-A-A, um, and he said, this has, has put its mark in Utah, like in, in, in Utah's hearts uh, forever, and that's the role that, that, um, that Elefino holds for us. Um, what we also have before us, though, is the first can, and, um, uh, you know, as a bottle company historically for Red Rock, we put Elefino in a can for Craft Beer Week. Uh, that little QR code will get you a little bit of history on it as well. And, um, in the history of this beer, um, you know, uh, prior to coming on air, we talked about Kevin Templin. Uh, he has his roots here in, in Red Rock and, uh, and he's the guy that balances beer out. You know, he's the one that uh, didn't just, uh, you know, punch you in the face with the double IPA. And he nuances these things. Um, he's got a new brewery, uh, TF Brewing. He's got a competing uh, style that he that he calls um, Ferta. It's a hockey term for the boys and uh, and, it, and it's a delicious beer. Not as good as Elfino though. So I'm sorry. I was gonna say, you know where I've heard Ferta before. Letter Kenny. Letter Kenny. I gotta find out. Like, so part of what I love about it, because I've talked about this before, I'm not a huge beer fan. It's just not my drink, but I love this artwork. So, do you have different people doing your artwork? Do you kind of, like, how do you. Man, it, it, it's a great question because this just slam dunks it and makes it special for yeah, me. Yeah, because, like, if I had to just pick by, like, labels and stuff, yeah. like, I'm looking at the. Um, the, what is the double white? Whatever. Double white rainbow. Yeah, or this one. Like I, we were look. I was just looking at some of your, even just the Harmons, the twenty four. Like that. Like I just really love all of the artwork. Well, I'll tell you how blessed we are to have brewer Chris Harlan from our downtown brew pub. That's his original watercolor I artwork. Love this. And um, you know the whole process for him. Uh, he's an artist. He doesn't like people getting in his grill and critiquing what he's doing and so every once in a while we'll beg him and we'll say come on bro we need we need another one do it for us um if you've ever seen our dryoma label uh which is a um you know uh he he's got a very sinister outlook generally so he our original griswolds before it went all holiday was an evil snowman snowman i remember our, that one yeah I remember that one. Our, our golden halo before it become the um uh, the uh, seductress, uh, you know, with the blonde hair, it was a um, crazy priest, you know, that was about as evil as the priest could look. And so sometimes we got to back him off a little bit and say, you know, um, but this uh, this Elefino elephant to me is endearing. He is about as beautiful and cute. I and love it. I love that. Like the background is elephant skin and then the elephant on the front. I love it. I think it's fantastic. It's great. Stamping down some hops. So I think, those into the can. I think we want to back up just a 
just a tiny bit to find out just a little bit about you personally. Yeah, so what month were you born in? Uh, June. The beginning oh, of the end. What's like happening, man? Like, is it now? Like, have you no, had it? Or no, is it it's coming up. It's coming up on the 19th for me. See? So yeah. that means yeah. September is when your parents were getting busy. Well, you know. Have you had a conversation with them out. about it? <laughs> well, they had a concert. <laughs> it was back to school. They were but like, I'll, thank I'll God. tell you about the freak what, show at my house with my Gemini uh, wife and my Gemini sons. Oh, my, my daughter's a Gemini. My youngest know. daughter's a Gemini. <laughs> it's, it's go time at our house in June. Might as well take the month off. They're like, we just have party after party after yeah, party. That's well, that's what June's all about. So where were you born? Okay. This would be Pocatello, Idaho. I'm from Pocatello, Idaho. Well, that's weird. We should have talked about that I'm before we came on. We, sh- we should have made sure there weren't two of you on the show at the same time. I feel like that could cause a problem. Yeah, God bless Pocatello. And uh, it, it's a crazy damn story. And, you know, you, I'm long in the tooth now, and I find out how that really happened uh, because I've lived in Salt Lake City most of my life, did move back to Pocatello, went to Pocatello High School, Irving Junior High School, you know, things so along that line. So my dad went to Irving and my dad went to Pocatello. Yeah, okay, interesting. Um, as did my dad. I raced motocross in Idaho for four years. That was one of the best times of my life. Um, come to find out, uh, my dad, um, we've got a young family. My mother, I've got an older sister. She has uh, my sister at 15, me at 17, and my dad's worked two jobs That's to make, make ends meet. Wow. And so someone determined that it'd be best to put me on the Amtrak in my mama's belly and get up there where her parents were just in case, you know. And uh, so sure shit, I've got a uh, Pocatello <laughs> birth certificate. That's well, funny. So do I, Bannock County. <laughs> a, po- a Pocatello social security number because they, they changed that so, recently. It used, to, used to be. Yeah. So, by the way, I didn't get a social security number until we moved to Utah when I was Slacker probably parents. That's weird. 14, wow. 15. Well, arguably, you, you might not even be a citizen. That's true. Because back then, like nobody <laughs> cared. Like a social security. Number. I got a social security number. What are you talking about? Yeah, but maybe in Pocatello, no one. Idaho's different. Yeah, yeah. Idaho yeah they're girl. like the backwards version of Utah. <laughs> I'm just saying. I was born in Texas at Methodist Hospital. You better believe. Not only was I circumcised as soon as they pulled me out, but I also Good. had a social security number. <laughs> Good to know. So <laughs> they don't. They don't. T- it's Methodist Hospital. Come so on. Do you still go back and forth from Pocatello? Uh, yes. I, I, I mean, gotta ask, it, have you been to the Tasty Freeze? Uh, I have. Yeah. So, my dad worked there. This my, isn't Ross Park? Is, is that where that that's deal is? That's the one right? right across from the cemetery. Yeah. Well, well, back in the day when I had to ride my bike 25 <laughs> miles each way to my job, Up, Taco John's. Uphill both ways. Know, yeah. Taco John's. Yeah. There's another great so. Oh, man. I haven't heard the. Oh, that wow. was the best lunch spot for so, us in high school. So we'll geek out here for half a second, then we'll get back on track. So Pocatello was actually pretty much started by my family, the Gates family. So uh, my from the mafia, my great grandfather came from Italy, changed his name from I can't say it right, Sculio, S C U I L L I O, to Gates because when you came through, yeah, you Americanized your name. People didn't like when you came through the the gates of Ellis Island. Gates was a very common one. So he comes somehow, some way. He's given the water and coal rights in Pocatello. So his family comes to Pocatello, and then he brings his other family out and says, I'll pay to have you come out, and I'll tell you when you've paid me. I'll tell you when you've worked it all. He, he, basically, he was like one of those sewing so, sewing companies, you know, where they hold the women's passports and yeah, they make so them sew It's called indentured servitude. It's slavery by another so, name. So, you know, the McEwen Mansion in Pocatello that was originally owned by my family. They lived in that mansion. And then just before my grandpa died, uh, he got really paranoid, buried the deed to everything. All of his money had a stroke. Oh, no. 
<laughs> now you're poor. Here you are. Bro. And now we're all poor. Yep. And so here we are. Anyway, so so back. Okay, so yeah, you're born in Pocatello. How long do you live in Pocatello? Oh gosh, we're going back. Um, and so literally came back as a young man. What was I one? And, um, you know, lived in Salt Lake City. Um, when my grandparents began ailing, um, we moved back to Pocatello. Uh, we took care of them until their final days. And, uh, part of Pocatello, by the way. Uh, so this would be Indian Hills, which was a new subdivision at the time. This is way back in the day. So you know this would be, be on the south side. Gold Street. So that's where my family lived on Gold yeah. Street. And, and that's uh, um, fire, the fire department. Yeah. Where they, they start the fire, the tower on fire for practice right across the street from that. Yeah. But I came from Salt Lake City, and uh, you know, so I'm wearing clogs and 501s and looking fly. Oh, yeah, you're, you know, you're in and, style, uh, and you got a I'm big city, them. and they're up there wearing hash jeans, shit, and big old shit kickers, and shit. like big city to not a small. I mean, Pocatello wasn't a tiny town, but. It's but by like, comparison, Salt Lake. It's huge. like ten years in the past. Yeah. It's like where I grew up. Well, in small it, town it, it's got its it's it's got its uh, its way, and uh, but it made me love Salt Lake City even more. You know, uh, so I, I love Salt Lake City. By the way, yeah. so when we moved here and we'd go back to visit, we'd joke every every mile you crossed the border from Idaho or from Utah to Idaho was a year back in time. <laughs> probably a little bit of truth to that can i tell you i love being at breweries because uh you get whiffs of mash and that's one of my oh, favorite smells smell. in the world is used mash. yeah not the mash in the uh, dumpster but no no no, no not no. the stuff that's been sitting there <laughs> for right. a while there's a distinction not not the rat drowning solution <laughs> although i will say like i've been to the Coors brewery and the the big giant like mash ex like they because they have their their old mash that they're they're used mash and they just like they have a steady stream of trucks that's just hauling that off to farms from their facility because of how much stuff they do. Pigs love that stuff. It smells really good as it first comes right. out, like when it's still warm and steaming from their hoppers and it comes out. It smells really to good. To me, it almost smells like bread. Yeah, it doesn't take too long Gee, for I it to... I wonder why. Uh, yeah, wonder it why. It doesn't take too long for it so to start confused. smelling <laughs> Hey, okay. if, we, if we go back to this history okay, of, yes. uh, you know, the Pocatello to Salt Lake City. So I come back, um, go to Brighton High School, attend the University of Utah, um, this is, um, let's go back to the origin of Red Rock. This would be a decent segue. Yeah, that segue. was, okay. was going to be so, an expression. So just curious, kind of when were you in college time frame? Yeah, so this is uh, 1983 uh, so on. I would have been at the U in the... In the Mid nineties, yeah. so we wouldn't so, have crossed paths. So, so in, in in Salt Lake City, <laughs> in Salt Lake City, there was a time when um, people would not cross West Temple because mm-hmm. it was yeah. too dangerous. Right? That's the wet the, the the West Side. West High. You know, there's. I uh, still have a friend that doesn't cross. I was going to say, to be fair, the there's still yeah. a lot of people that won't cross I-15 and won't go south. So. Yeah. So, um, but 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 this is important in beer history yeah. because two things happened in 1989. Squatters opened the first Squatters. brew pub in Salt Lake City, Utah, and within the same year, Red Rock opened the second uh, brew pub in Salt Lake City. Squatters, of course, is third south between West Temple and Second West, and uh, Red Rock opened on second west and uh, and uh, uh, my new job I'm director of sales at the Puri Hotel which was oh, just right, right there right, right between them right yeah. there and then we had uh, uh, the late uh, John Williams God bless him uh, open the cafe Pierpont in the Salt yeah, Lake right. City High School also uh, like right there and and, and these are these are uh, hospitality establishments Salt Lake City had never seen before I mean this is brand new stuff right I remember and Pierpont. it's risky being absolute when it first kind it of came fancy. about it, it was, was nice fantastic yeah. i remember going there in college because I, so I went to the U. isn't the new yorker still above it 
No, no, it's on. Yeah, it's, it's a different scene. Or is that yeah. up above uh, Mark, in the Market Street? Area? That's it's correct. It's in the Market yeah. Street. Oh, Pierpont was yeah. the place yeah. in the late nineties. Uh, uh, Pierpont was Italian, but but you know he brought in these designers, uh, and this thing was just high end. Oh, it's beautiful. For Salt Lake City, it's beautiful. it was spectacular. It's still really so, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, so it was an era, man. It was an era. And, um, you know, we had the Zephyr across the street. The only Zephyr, good things that came out of the 80s. The yeah. dead goat. The dead goat. <laughs> everything's within walking distance. But, but what this, this is an important distinction for the young, young listeners is that this is when the West Side occurred for Salt Lake City. Like the, the breweries, uh, were trailblazers basically. And, uh, and John Williams as well. John Williams went on to do, uh, the Ford building, um, you know, the, uh, the hardware building. Yep. I mean, these things are dilapidated junk to other people. To these guys, they were gems, oh, right? I think it's amazing. He was a mentor of mine. So I'm young. I'm in my twenties, you know, and, uh, he took me under his wing, uh, at many levels. And, um, uh, and I'm just so fascinated by it. Now, here's why this is important. Because in the first week the Red Rock Brewery opened, I walked from my hotel down to Red Rock and sat at the bar, and I was a customer of Red Rock in week one. Oh, wow. And that was 28 years ago. And, it, and you so never stopped. That, so, you know, it, it gets uncomfortable. People say, what's your title at Red Rock? I'm like, I don't know. I think I'm a friend of the brewery. You know? I've been drinking I've been drinking <laughs> since the week they opened. He really is the man about town for the so brewery. Say, when, did you, when did you actually start working for these guys? Yeah. The, the real yeah. Question. So, um, uh Okay, so my wife and I, we operated health clubs in Salt Lake City for many years. This is, again, back in uh, the Salt Lake City heyday. Mm -hmm. We had health clubs in, um, uh, our first one was in the Triad Center, and it was called Anatomy Academy. And I used to trade beer for memberships nice. with Red Rock Brewing. It's like like there's there's just uh, every connection that could possibly be between me and this company there was. And um, Red Rock Brewing is such a unique story. Um, 1989 was the first year of the um, of the LLC entity. Ah. It didn't exist before that. And so uh, famous LLC. Yeah. So instead of a mad brewer in a garage, you know, that wants to break out and expand their wings, uh, this was 20, 21 investors that said, let's do a brew pub in Salt Lake City. Um, Dr. Bob Jensen, who is the current owner of Red Rock, has since bought every partner out uh, since then. So and, he just kept buying. That. Yeah. And I can assure you there was a story behind each one. And some, <laughs> some are good and some are not so good. But in the end, um, and so uh, he also happened to be a customer, customer of mine at the health club. And so, like, we just can't, uh, you know, we can't untether at any level. So... As we were driving over here, because you had mentioned the Triad Center, we were commenting on how much, just in the last, like, five to ten years, downtown has really just exploded. And we were saying, it used to just be the Triad Center. Like, back in the 90s, there was nothing. It was like the well, Triad Center and a bunch of nothing. When basically. I were so when I was a kid, when I was going to, when I was 16, 17, center. 18, um, the building that's right across from the, the, I guess it's the east, south, corner southeast corner is how i should say it, of um gateway not gateway is it gateway Pioneer park no gateway is is the where they used to have the the women's jazz thing and now i don't know what's in the basement now and there's like um 
there's like condos, like doctors and stuff live in it. That I worked in that building when there was nothing beyond it and you could see straight to the sun before it burned down and I could watch the homeless people line up and get lunch and the businessmen with their suits would line up at the homeless thing and they would do drug deals in the fire hydrant right outside the window where I worked when I was Why 16 not? because right. there was nothing beyond they, that. They still do drug and now gateways right there. there the and hey, and I'm not going to bog down the podcast with this, but, um, you know, as an aspiring mayor of Salt Lake City, when I'm uh, in go. college at the University of Utah, other than the fact that I had a proven history of marijuana use at the time, <laughs> so it wasn't, wasn't going to happen, is that the uh, Khashoggi brothers uh, built the Triad Center. And uh, they are notorious arms dealers. And ah. uh, this will, uh, in, in, in latter days, their downfall is the Nicaraguan, you know, arms deal, whatever the hell that was during uh, Bush Sr.'s administration. Yeah. Oh, it was not good. Yeah, but, but these, these guys got introduced to Salt Lake City via John Huntsman, oh, who wow. was a friend of Armand Hammer, who <laughs> vouched and... Uh, introduced the Khashoggi brothers to the president of the LDS church and they did a land deal and they had um, where the existing um, uh, jazz arena is. I can't keep track of what they call it anymore. I was calling yeah. energy solutions and, arena. And, it's not that. And uh, where our health club was is phase one. Well, see, phase two is wh- where the arena is and that was going to be two 40-story office towers. Wow. And the steel literally sat in that dirt until it all came crashing down and that guy went into hiding and uh, across the street you had three 21 story condominiums you had a 23 story Hyatt Regency I mean this was going to be Salt Lake City happening at that moment just so you know we have I think at least that big of a Hyatt Regency now (laughs) in the Salt Palace yeah was was that Mid to late nineties. Um, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah. So, well, I, I well, mean, I, well, I excuse remember. Me. I, 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 just, be... I just want to say, uh, in my public speaking course in high school, at Brighton High School, I introduced my classmates as a gift about the vision for the Triad Center because <laughs> I'm all about stuff like that. And they started with the International Center at the airport. And so what they what they envisioned was a corridor that went from Triad Center, North Temple, all the way to the International wow. Center, and it was spectacular. I mean, it, it was something, it, and it, it was happening. Was going down so and then yeah. it, it didn't no well there was didn't. there was literally nothing because yeah. i'm the yeah. time frame i'm talking about was probably early late 90s. late 80s early 90s when like literally there there was nothing like it stopped there there, there was, was a homeless shelter you could see the freeway from the building that i'm talking about and the building that i'm talking about is is there, right was, there, on there was also not like a city surrounding the prison at that point in time. No, <laughs> no, but like you could just look across the plains. You could just see there was nothing but the sun and the freeway. So it, it, the, the cityscape has changed so much between now and then because oh, now yeah. you've got gateway and you've got condominiums and all of that stuff that, that's changing what my view would have looked like. And now, people pay to live in you know to live there as a condo like i know a doctor yeah. that lives there and when i worked there like it was this it was a shithole like you'd walk up the back stairs and they weren't to code and they used to press the the park um, across the street by the way still a big heavy drug use area there's not a park anywhere pioneer, by the building pioneer parks right there yeah but there. that's not that's not by it's not really close enough to what i'm talking about but 
it was the complete opposite direction, in fact, of where I was talking about. <laughs> well, speaking of breweries, brew pubs that didn't make it. This um, is the one oh, or no, that was speaking of drug use in downtown Salt Lake City. Um, <laughs> Same that, difference. Yeah, no. <laughs> that, that was squatters uh, who owned a brew pub called Fullagen, uh, which was at the border of the current Gateway Center, and they could not get away from the drug deals. And oh, they it's had to tough. That, show. that whole area was so yeah. tough for so long. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much better it is now with the Rio Grande being torn down. They did not waste time tearing that thing down, did they? The, the old homeless shelter, they, as soon as they got the other shelters up, they were done. It was gone. Yeah. It didn't take time at all. No, area. it didn't. So so we still haven't found out. When did you actually start working for the Because <laughs> yeah. okay. you were a customer yeah. and a yeah, partner. Good. And okay, good. So um, uh, nine years ago. Um, really? Just nine years ago? Uh, this brewery had been open oh, okay. for um, a year, the production brewery. But now I'm intrigued. Now I'm super intrigued about the business model. Restaurant business, you know, I, I like to visit, but this, uh, this high point beer concept was very intriguing to me. And so I jumped in, um, so essentially I've been, uh, consulting for lack of a better word, drives my wife nuts. They say, what does your husband do? She goes, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> he does that too yeah, sometimes. Guy, yeah, but uh, yeah, I've got about six streams of income, but beer, craft beer has been very important to me. And, uh, uh, so, so we launched some new brands and, uh, what, by the way, what we just poured, which is the double white, white rainbow, I want to, um, uh, introduce the, the first, uh, version of this, which is called the white rainbow. And I want to tell you a little bit about the controversy behind that. Um, the white, so this is a white IPA. Um, the white rainbow, the small sibling of this is, um, uh, we just won a silver medal in Idaho Falls. Uh, we've won a, a silver medal Great America Beer Festival for this beer. Well, we launched it for pride. And, uh, uh nice. there was some discussion during craft beer week on, uh, Brad, Bad Brad's, uh, program and they were trying to figure out who the heck did the first, uh, pride beer. Well, that would be Red Rock Brewing and, um, and. And it would have been this, the yeah. first version uh, of this? Single yeah. white rainbow. Yeah, it, right. Nice. Um, it's just so, called white rainbow. Yeah. Though, so, right. so th- this double white is a, is right up my alley because it's a double. It's 8% ABV. Um, the original version is about 6, 6.5%. Um, and, uh, it was, uh, it was controversial. I'm telling you internally, this thing got controversial. So, uh, uh, shout out to J Ron out at TF and he and I are sitting around here one night and he's like, yeah, I kind of see, I see a unicorn, man. I see some rainbows. I'm like, go boy, go. What else you seeing? And, uh, Templin, uh, created, uh, the first version of, oh, wow. of, of this as well. Um, but then things got really weird, you know, um, uh, you know, people were unsure about the reaction of what this beer was going to be, uh, specifically from the gay community, um, whether they'd be upset, right? And, uh, I walk into a, I walk into a room over here and a couple of the Red Rock employees are chatting and, and I, I, Got the feeling they were talking about me, and, uh, and the room goes yeah. silent as you come and in. Like, hey, uh, hey, uh, oh, did, hi. Did, did you ever fly this past the owner? You know, uh, did you ever get permission? You know, and it's like, and and I got a bullshit detector, man. And things accurate as can be, and I'm like, these guys trying to throw me under the bus, <laughs> and uh, of course, I took full uh, full responsibility for it, um, embraced it, and uh, just the most incredible thing happened two days later. 
I broke the fucking internet. <laughs> and uh, we had like, I don't know, you know, 600 shares. Nice. I mean, the gay community just went wild Heck for yeah. it. It was nuts. And uh, so it, it was, uh, it was, it's fantastic. And, and Red Rock does that all the time. And um, so again, you know, it's not my doing, but man, it, uh, for some strange reason, when you take steps like that, it takes a little bit of courage. And uh, now, of course, uh, you know, we're all supporting the community and uh, it's even better, but uh, well, we're pioneers. I feel, like, I feel like the queer community, as long as you are not making fun of them, as long as you're doing something to like celebrate them, they're pretty like they're probably one of the most just welcoming groups of people. So as long as you're not like doing it as a, you know, to to get at them, but to just be like, this is cool and we're going to incorporate it. Well, I think the th- I think the thing is, too, you know, there's a difference between. Honestly, doing something yeah. with them in mind, uh, and and doing what I saw this. Uh, someone had, had posted uh, uh, a grouping of of images from a whole bunch of big corporations uh, during Pride Month. Uh, all the uh, all their like logos they changed to have like rainbows around them and stuff oh, like yeah. that, just for Pride. That's the just shitty. for Pride, and their exact same logo in their Middle Eastern like Twitter companions, like like BP. Normal BP Middle East, uh, they were the normal logos. Yeah. Like, that's not the same, like, that's not the same level of support. And I get it from a business perspective, but, you know, a smaller company, especially a local company that does support like that, there's no in between. You're either supporting the community or you're not supporting the community. And it's a, it's fantastic to see um, yeah, people do is. that. The rest is and history. it's a good beer. And, um, Great American Beer Festival, you know, that's a lot of breweries. This little Utah brewery sneaks in there, pulls down silver medal for this. Um, this is a bit of a hybrid beer. It's an IPA, which you admittedly don't care for, but this has a Belgian yeast strain. Yeah, there's which, not, there's not, I mean, this, like in comparison to say the Elefino, the, the hop content of this is considerable. Oh, wow. Lower. That smells a yeah. lot different. Yeah. This one's really smooth. It's kind of fruity, Chris floral, likes Belgian, so. um, yeah, yeah. and it, it, uh, specifically the Belgian yeast strain. Once you can identify Belgian yeast strain, you can smell it a mile away. It, oh, yeah, smells, it smells fantastic. So I'd burn a candle that smelled like this. I'd just drink beer that smelled like it. <laughs> but I mean, it, like it smells really good. That's great. And I, love, taste- I love drinking out of these glasses too, because they really let you get, it's like, it's like a wine tasting. You get so much more when you can smell the floral notes and, and the various things that you're putting in the beer. It's what I love about craft, craft beer. Now, by the way, to get those smells, it's no easy task. Um, you know, uh, when people talk about loading hops in, you know, you're thinking of the boil, the brewing process. We've got more money into that beer and uh, in the fermentation process uh, than we do, you know, in the brewing process. So, um, you know, the nose is huge. Um, it's very important to craft beer. So. I imagine it could be taken over quite quickly by hops when you're doing like a double IPA or something and just smell like hops. There, there, um, and smelling like hops is kind of my dream. You know, it's like my <laughs> favorite smell. The dankier, the better, you know. Um, but, um, it, it, it's more so the bitterness because, uh, hops have, um, of the different varieties, um, I mean, you'll get citrus, you'll get uh, mango, you'll get floral, you'll get grassy. And so um, if someone dislikes an, an IPA, it's the bitterness. And uh, by gender, maybe a full fourth of the female uh, population um, just can't not 
can't like bitterness. It's just not a thing, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and for me, it's like my world. Like I just can't get enough yeah. of it. If I had to drink a beer, I would just pick the darkest thing. Like if somebody was like, this is all you can drink. There's nothing else available. It's just beer. I would just like go to Guinness. Like a really stout, like Guinness? I, 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 I don't know, but like I just, it just tastes better to me if I'm going to have to drink something. Which by the way, I know I said I like the, the more wheat. However, that uh, chocolate chip pumpkin you guys do, oh, that is probably my all-time favorite. That, that's that's a fantastic beer. We made that for Harmons. That's another Harmons exclusive. Uh, we sell it here. It's one that when it comes yeah. out, I'll grab three or four like cases. cases of them because it's only seasonal. But oh, And it tastes like chocolate yeah. pumpkin cookie. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Hey, and, um, you know, uh, all, all things Utah, if that's what we're doing on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to tell you about Harmon's as a, as a partner. Um, we, we absolutely we love, love Harmon's. Yeah. yeah, so uh, uh, Harmon's loves local. Yep. And um, uh, we made a relationship with Harmon's. Um, we are Utah's first self-distributing brewery. And uh, you have to understand the history of that, that in, in the beer business, you either make the beer, you distribute the beer, or you sell the beer, but you do not intermingle. And the further east you get, the more specific and mafioso that becomes, right? It's like you don't mess with the system ever, yep. right? Well, we decided to mess with the system. That's my specialty. So come up with a title for that, you know. Um, my moniker's change maker. I, I, I thrive on it. So people will tell you a hundred ways of why you can't do something. I'm like, yes, we can. It's the Pocatello it, side. It, 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 it's right there. It's right there. <laughs> you know, uh, you, you read the Utah law and there it is. It's a carve out for the small brewery. And, you know, God bless the legislature of all the weird things that we see come through there. I don't think um, I've ever heard anybody say that before. Yeah, I know. But it, you know, it, it's, uh, they support small breweries in a way that uh, that we're grateful for. I mean, it's, it's pretty spectacular. So it's kind of a, it, it's an interesting thing. But nevertheless, uh, there it is that you can be a self-distributing brewery. And I'm like, well, let's do it. Well, it's like, well, we can't, you know, people are going to come at us and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. And uh, so when we first started running, um, we make the deal with Harmons. We package the products for Harmons and and Harmons just flat out sets aside some shelf space uh, awesome. for us. I, I know that they, they do a few things for like small local. They do a lot. Yeah. Yeah. They do don't, so don't much. Don't Oleo. Yeah. No, yeah. but like I, chocolate conspiracies. Well, we've interviewed in stuff in Ruby Snap was in Harmon's for yeah. Yeah. Ruby, and, they still are. Yeah, and, well, I, and, and I'm telling you, there's cookies and then there's beer. Uh, <laughs> because beer. because these guys stepped out on a limb. Yeah. You know, uh, distributors, so tough, are, the, distributors are powerful. They're very powerful. Because they have a certain amount of shelf space that they can dedicate to how much that's, liquor that they sell. If, if something goes onto the shelf, something's coming off. Yeah. Right? All right. So now we've got space. And in a grocery store... To be clear, you're, you're not competing necessarily with everyone else locally. You're competing with Anheuser-Busch. You're competing yep. with Coors yeah, Brewery. Coors, yep. You're, you're competing Light. with the guys that have 97% of the market that share. They bring the, the semi-truck back it up. and Man, these guys know. are big, and they got a way of doing business, let me tell you. Yeah. So we, we get the product. We get it up on the shelves. I start out at Brickyard. We work our way. That's when the downtown store was, was new as well. And um, and I come back into the grocery store one day, and, and my beer in the back room. It's off the shelf, right? And I'm not going to tell you uh, the brand of beer that was in my spot, but I'm like, hmm, okay. 
somebody's made a mistake. So I put my beer back up, set that beer back in the back room, and the next day we've got the exact same thing happening, right? And uh, about a week goes on of this charade, and um, and I walk into the store because I live nearby, and there he is. There's the guy. There's the guy that's <laughs> pulling my beer off the shelf. And I'm like, uh, hey, man, you know, that ain't cool. That's my space. And he's like, no, it ain't. And uh, I'm like, you want to throw down? He goes, okay, let's go. So it's turning no, into West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's more like the, the gangsters he's talking about yeah. on the East no, Coast. But I'm telling you, this guy, his veins, this guy's veins are poking out of the side of his head, man. And I'm like, no, man, that's our space. <laughs> and uh, so I just made it real easy. I went and got the general manager of the brickyard, uh, who's a good friend of mine. And uh, he walked over. He pulled that guy's beer off the shelf, sat it right there on the floor. He says, this is my store. And that's Mike's space. It's Red Rocks. And the guy goes, oh, you got to call somebody. There's a misunderstanding. He goes, no, you call him. Right? <laughs> and so it, no, went, it's down, my store, dude. it <laughs> went down like that. And so um, the whole introduction of Red Rocks beer into the grocery is a self-distributing brewery. The further north I got, the more whack it got. You know, um, uh, people would go, hey, you're breaking the law. And I'm like, funny thing is, I read the law. Why don't you go give it a read, you know? And, um, and, um, Oh, back to, back to the guy, you know, back to the guy. And I'm like, look, bro, you got 10 more stops. Yeah. <laughs> you got 10 more stops. I got nothing to do all damn day. I'll just follow I'm, you around. I'm, I'm just going to put this beer back on the shelf. The second you leave, I'm going to put it back on the shelf. And so, you know, you just show look. up here at 930 every day. Right? <laughs> and I'm going to start putting it on the floor where now it's been it's cold just, and warm and cold just, and warm. Yeah, there, there's and... just no way you're not going to win this. You will not win. So. It, it, it's fun, and um, uh, we got through that, and now they are a partner. Um, we canned a private label beer for Harmon's over there. Okay, there's not another grocery store in Utah that has their own beer. Harmon's does. And, uh, of course, we've got the Harmon's uh, brand uh, front and center. Uh, we just simply produced it. All of the ideas are theirs. The oh, art, that's awesome. The artwork is theirs. And there's one that I wish I had here because you would love it. It's called the Hop Runner. Um, what's cool about this artwork is they've got those internal uh, chalkboard artists in the store. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So we did a contest and the chalkboard artist for so Harmon's did, did the labels. Like, uh, okay. Right. That makes sense. And, uh, the, the hop runner is super cool. Uh, there's a story behind it about, uh, one of the chefs and he was from the Yakima Valley where, where, you know, hops are, are grown in the Northwest in particular. And so, uh, this partner just, or uh, this partnership just keeps going on and on. And then all of a sudden this weekend, we, we produce this, uh, 24 seven, which is a light lager. Okay. Uh, think Bud Light, but good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, crafty. We just won a silver medal for it. That's so awesome. That's amazing. For a Harmon's beer. So that's fantastic. We're, we're very we'll proud look. of them. And we, they, yeah. They deserve we, it. we pretty much almost exclusively shop at Harmon's every that's once a, in a while. That's a big part of why. Cause you know, outside of the support that they have for, you know, local brewers like you guys, there's, they support locals across the store. I mean, right. they have, you know, Kroger cheeses, does this a little bit, but, but realistically, yeah, cheeses, chocolates, yeah. Uh, local farmers sell uh, a lot fruit, of produce yeah, to Harmon's produce, uh, yep. in the summertime. Um, there's the, there's the, you know, we talk about Ruby Snap. But if you look through Harmon's, they have, like, their honey. They have local oh, honey. Oh, yeah, they do. Anywhere you look. So, you know, it's like every grocery store. They're so I stupid. Feel like this, I feel like this beer he's pouring is going to be Chris's favorite. He's this, just handed over this. this, uh, this there's <laughs> the stupid, like, gluten-free labels and crap like that. But if you look all over the every every aisle in oh, Harmon's, there is there are labels for... Uh, there are labels for local, Utah local, right. produced locally. 
and it's all over the store, and they take chances on on local manufacturers and local distributors all the time. Well, like and Chocolate Conspiracy, who we've had on the yeah. show a couple times. We still, it's, that's I still get my my bars there because it's just easier. Like well, I still get it there. I'm, I'm, their cocoa, add that to your coffee. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, ever since we had that cocoa nib coffee, I've been. And I, fan. Chris makes my uh, chocolate chai lattes with with their. Chocolate. I just need you guys to do something similar. Maybe you have, and I don't know about it. To what? So no one's done this. You went to did uh, an eight hundred one, uh, like a, a Publix eight hundred one mix. So they did a blend of their eight hundred one with Publix cold brew coffee. It was. One of the best beers I've ever had because you got the coffee flavor and it wasn't in a stout. It was in a very light, you know, I was in their 801 Pilsner. Uh, and it was like, in terms of like a tailgate beer, probably the perfect beer to have at a tailgate. Have in the morning. morning. Yeah. Yeah. I like that profile too. The first one I had was made by uh, Sierra Nevada and it was a, at a craft brewers conference. And, you know, th- this uh, business is funny. So there you are. You're sitting in a seminar at 10 a.m. at a conference and, you know, all of a sudden they start coming around with the beers. Um, but it was, a, it, it was, uh, it was a coffee, uh, lager, light lager as well. It's so, so good when you can, when you can nail that profile. I think everyone thinks coffee. They're like, Oh, it's a dark style beer because so many of them are. But so th- this beer in contrast though is super light. So I've got to admit so far, this is the absolute. Favorite that I was just going to say, I feel like this is going to so be Chris's good. favorite. I don't drink, but I guess I could smell well, it. Smell it. So um, in terms of ABV, you, you might be at about three and a half percent. Um, you know, I don't want to break people's hearts uh, because people buy that Michelob Ultra like it's going out of style. But there's only one way to get calories out of beer. It smells sour. You've got to pull the alcohol out. Yeah, that's for, bottom sure, line. for sure. So, and um, and so if, if you can make it um, with, with some flavor, um, I've still got something else in my glass. I'm not trying that with you, but... But ultimately, um, you know, uh, they're crushable, right? They're they're lawn mowing beers, basically. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you're worried about your figure, then you should point yourself in this direction. Well, and it's so. it's not like a, like a Coors Lighter. But it's got so much flavor. Um, it's it's got a, a really light, like almost like almost like a Chardonnay. Good. Let's say it that looks it's, like a Chardonnay. Yeah. <laughs> let's say number one that's not made with rice. <laughs> It, do you have the double white rainbow still in yours? Yes. Julia, smell his, and you can smell the flowers. Can you smell it? Now that now Is that hibiscus in it, uh, it's hops. It's and um, when you smell varietal hops, uh, you can it you can you can uh, without a doubt at the least it's that. But um, hops are remarkable right now and and they're coming out with new strains i put them in my mind small jars. also like the most beautiful plant i think yeah. oh it is such a pretty plant i don't think people hops i don't think most people realize that hops are like vines it, it's a vine and it's, it's about gorgeous. a it's about a uh, one xy from a bag of weed and so if if, if <laughs> yeah. it's if it's really fresh and danky and somebody's walking around with it in their pocket. You know, you're like, hey, man. Yeah, leave that stuff at home. <laughs> or maybe you're just around my kid. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not going to lie, though. I'm interested. Those are my, my favorites. The, the yeah, red, the red ale. Red I thought you might favorites. like this one, though, when, he, when I saw what it yeah, was. I mean, this is like, this <laughs> no, is this a really is... good, crisp, light, refreshing. Um, it is it is exactly what you said. It's a lawn mowing beer. It's yeah. the kind of beer that you do. This is a barbecue beer, mowed lawn beer. That's you're working out in the yard and you you have refreshing it's, beer. Yeah, refreshing. You drink it instead of water. Exactly. So I'm very proud of Harmons because that beer would not be in our portfolio. 
um, without. It's uh, definitely outside of the normal for you guys. Yeah, that's right. But it's great. It's fantastic. It's, it's, it's really pretty. It does look like a Chardonnay, though. I'm definitely going right. to have to pick some of this up for our next barbecue. Cause this is so well, that good. would be Sunday, so get get on that. No, i got to get to the store. When did you like guys... right now, the store we're at. <laughs> <laughs> when did you guys start... Uh, do you sell the Harmon no. stuff here, or just only a Harmon? Uh, just a Harmon. Just a Harmon. So, yeah. yeah, that's what he was saying. Yeah. That they Never mind. Yeah, when did, they when did this it. stuff uh, actually hit their shelves over at uh, it, It's about a month ago. We've been pretty low-key about it. Um, you know, we're letting them take the lead on um on the marketing of it um might as well yeah well um see how fast that one went down yeah well <laughs> that's that's what they're known for that's, yeah, um that's also you, you know uh we're small batch here and so um they've got 22 stores now yeah it probably takes a oh lot God, yeah. so and, and and so they're like hey you know we want to build some displays it's like okay we'll brew some more you know for, you know, for <laughs> maybe for you can just use some uh filler in the center and put the stuff on the outside yeah. <laughs> guess so, what I know. So <laughs> that, that's the truth exactly. in, in terms of brewing a beer like this versus your your typical types of brews i mean what's the time time difference with a lager like are you guys Keeping these cold in your your barrels for a long time, or in your I say barrels, but I mean your storage tanks for a long time. Yeah, so it could be the difference of um, say for an L at four weeks to a logger at eight. So it takes up a lot of real estate. Yeah, and you guys the twenty five gallon holding tanks back there, right? Uh, barrel. barrel everything yeah. everything in this bit business measured by barrels, which are literally. Yeah. The barrels that you're looking at, um, a keg, as you would know it, is considered a half barrel. Uh, the small versions, what you'd see Coca-Cola in, will be like a one-sixth barrel. And so in our speak, everything's in terms of barrels okay. for production. Okay. So 25 barrels in those big tanks. Um, so we have a 25-barrel brew system, and we have 75-barrel fermenters yeah. and 50-barrel fermenters. So we can brew... Um, you know, we, we can put a couple of brews into a large fermenter, um, but in this case, uh, it's a batch. And then it's got a and then it's got a hold for eight weeks, right? With uh, it's got to sit in the bright tank yeah. uh, and lager, correct? Yeah, yeah. That's cool. That's uh, yeah. I learned a lot about lagers when we visited Bohemian because that's yeah. that's their specialty. The specialty. That's, that's what they do is is lagers. So, so is this one in all their stores or some only? Some it's in all of their stores. I'll have to. Uh, I'm going to Harmon's I like the tomorrow. art on it. It's nice. I don't know. I I pick up whatever beer feels fancy to me. Feels uh, fancy. Yeah. And um and and you'll find Red Rock branded beers in Harmons that are exclusive to Harmons. Uh, they've got that kettle sour tarty McFruit face. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, a great yeah, name. Was that an internet line. name that you guys you know uh, voted uh, on or you? Came I got to tell you, I'll bet you ten bucks that came from Chris downtown because he's got <laughs> no pride. Uh, so uh, he brews unique stuff first, and if it works. We we run with it. Let me tell you, the first bacon beer I ever had, by the way, never had a good one. Sorry, Chris. I know this was probably your beer. Was that Red Rock downtown? He did a he did a bacon. It was it's disgusting. I'm sorry. I don't think you can infuse smoke into beer and make it taste good. Well, um funny thing is uh the smoke beer uh also is pretty much driven by Templin. We want to go back to the lineage. Oh, so he did it. Uh, because, because this guy's yeah, so so his Bamberg uh, uh lineage um um smoke beers come from the malts. Uh they're smoke malts. Um, yeah, it was probably 17 18 years ago. So, it was a long time ago. Okay, so it could be beechwood smoked and if it's 18 years ago they probably messed it up. And you're probably right. Um but <laughs> Yeah, but, I'm not I'm not going to yeah. lie. It wasn't like last week. It was yeah. a long time ago. But I I believe Templin uh recently meddled for one of his smoke beers, which oh. is a uh, you know, in terms of um uh 
beer is subjective uh, at all levels, and you either have a taste for it or you do not. And uh, I will share one of those with someone, but I will not. Uh, you won't carry drink six one pack. On it's like Coke for me. I don't really like Coke, but if I steal like a sip or two, it's fine. But I'm not going to drink a whole Coke. That's right. That's like having a you have you know how been pour water for yourself there, Jeremy. That's Chris's water. That, that's that's what this was. That's this is more <laughs> akin to water after drinking a couple different IPAs. This is off topic, but your guys's social media people—they're quick. I've posted and they've already reshared, commented, nice. liked, oh, that's all awesome. that stuff. It they're was like two seconds later, door. right? It's, it's probably a sitting, that's what I've been doing because they're time. sitting in the office right He's there. He's sitting over there, going nothing to do. Well, it's actually not. Uh, that's not he. We have uh, two um, ladies that well, are that excellent at what it. they do. But I was trying to keep this a secret <laughs> until I evaluated. My performance, but evidently there's no going back. Nope, there's no going back. That's what Julia does. She she posts for us and she does what, her we'll That's why she up. was recording. And <laughs> so I sit on when my I, phone the whole when time. When I get home tonight, I'll edit this. Videos and stuff. I'll put it out in the morning. Um, and, I'll uh, send you the link and you can do with it what you will, but it'll also be on all our And if you're like, platforms. oh my gosh, can you please take it down? I will do something of that nature. But... <laughs> <laughs> but it'll already your be video, out there. Your hey. reel already has 1,749 views. Yeah. How does my hair look? <laughs> That's what I wanted. Well, you're in it, so. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I don't know. I, I, want, I, I just need, posted it. I need my hair to get as, as, like, the shocks of gray because I really want them. And they're, like, they're all, like, right here at my temples. And I, I'm so excited because they're starting to come in on the top. I feel like I've earned them. I'm wearing with, with with pride. I do. Chicks dig it, you know. I so, like it. I like gray hair. So I'm I'm curious because Red Rock's been around for a long time. I mean, like you said, 1989 it was the second brewery Two. in Utah. Mm-hmm. Um, how many over the years? How many different? I'm not going to ask how many brews have you done because that's that's absurd. It's like artistry and like we were talking about. You guys throw a lot of stuff out i mean that's just part of the business uh when you're making uh when you're testing new stuff but how many commercially available brews have you guys made over the years do you have an idea i could not give you an answer to that um but to to contrast that number just in awards we probably have a hundred fifty plus medals wow uh, for our beers. That's and awesome. so, um, uh, Chris at our downtown brew pub, he's prolific. Um, he is very experimental. And, uh, and so to answer that first question would be near impossible. This guy just dreams it up. Well, and that's, and that's the beauty of going. So this facility does a lot of your commercial stuff and feeds. I assume the fashion place location that you guys have open. That's correct. Um, but the, you were saying downtown is completely self-sufficient. And uh, they feed you they're pouring bit. beers from the bright tank that's through the so tap cool. to the glass. And let me tell you, that's the best way to have a beer. That's actually the, a beer that way. after I turned 21, that, that was the very, very, very first place that I had that I used my ID to get into. I cut my teeth on Red Rock Amber Ale. And uh, there is no better place to drink amber ale than downtown. I assure you of that. It's so, such a, I think it's a, a great location. So too. if you want the experimental stuff, that's the place to be, right? That's right. Um, it's not to say we're not pushing them out of here. The Nanu Nanu um, right. that came out of here is is probably one of the best uh, northeastern. Pardon me. I'm going to backtrack on that. Mikey, 
uh, Godfather, Utah beer. He says we straddled the line, West Coast and East Coast, <laughs> oh, straight yeah. Spe- up. There you speaking, go. Of, speaking of Mikey, Which, I, I think you were actually thinking of uh, Tim Hart. And, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tim Hart yeah. uh, does and, the, and, the blog. Yeah, yeah. We, we love Tim as well. Um, so he's who we've had on the show. Yeah, that's, who, that's uh, who we've had on once. Utah Beer News. Yeah. Uh, Tim is doing a great service to the industry as well. Um, uh, this concept of straddling the line, though, I want, uh, you know, let's let's toss that right into this Utah uh, mm-hmm. dish and stir it. It's Utah style. It's Mountain West style. Mike's trying to think of something. He's going, these guys are, you know, it's got that bitterness West Coast style. It's dank West Coast, but it's hazy. That's Northeast. It's like, yeah, it's Utah style. Suck that's up. fantastic. It's that mix in between of, of perfection. Right. Deal with it. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and I think that's what I really like. Is that that cut? Is that cut in between? Not quite one, not quite the other, but. Well, we are the center of the country. That's true. So, according to how they. So when the Golden Spike went in. Well, not to be confused with zero south, zero west, zero right. east, zero no, no, north. We're, we're talking about which is the center point. of the promontory point. <laughs> when, when they agreed to meet oh, in the middle, middle of the, of the country, States. they decided that it was Utah. That's right here in Utah. There's that. So you know. I mean, that's, that's just we're Western we're the center of the universe, center of the railroad. Yeah, that's that, that's why you, the that's railroad's why you got it. just Western innovation. Man. We've, we, we've been blessed. We work smarter, not harder. <laughs> we, we do a we're quarter just, of the work, and and then we say, yeah, this is the middle. <laughs> I mean, that's just how the railroad works, right? But, we, we're able but to do yeah, that. there you go. That's why. That's why they're able to do it so well is because we're, we're in the middle. Yeah, I can't even, I, I don't even think I could count in. Here comes Chris's favorite. I don't know that I could count on all my digits and toes, like how many beers I've had. From oh, look at that. Years. See, that's pretty. Yeah, this this is by far. I need my, to smell this. Hold on. My, my favorite is just like you were talking about the, the, the red, oh, wow. the, the red rock red is one of my favorites. Ooh, you I know, can smell that. One of my all-time favorite beers is actually New Belgian's uh, Flat Tire. Um, and you were talking, I think, earlier about uh, someone that had uh, uh, transitioned over to New Belgian uh, from over here. Yeah, it's uh, Chris McCombs. Yeah, um, yeah, he's he's a great friend of Red Rock and uh, cut cut his teeth here. And then I uh, I don't recall his title exactly, but it's a monster brewery, and he was like the chief. Yeah, it's a, it's a really big brewery over there, surprisingly, for 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 it. Um, there's a couple other big breweries around the country. I mean, I think the biggest of the small breweries, if you will, is what, Sam Adams? And their market share is like, what, 2% of the U.S. market or something? Oh, uh, um, I clearly could not answer That's that, but, but, I'll, but I'll tell you, um, you know, again, you're, you're going back into the history of craft, and if it wasn't for... Sam Adams, as an example, like this whole game doesn't exist. The yeah, exactly. Sierra Nevada, Sam Adams, these guys are, are groundbreakers. Rogue's another favorite yeah. of mine from outside of Utah. But Now, this beer that we're having is the 20th anniversary red. This be the first. That is such a pretty yeah. color. This be the first uh, beer Ugh. label that I worked on. So we were talking about my nine-year tenure, right-ish. Uh, and, um, you know, it is... Um, this is going to sound quite strange, but when she's asking about fruits and floral notes and things <laughs> like that, I'm going to tell you something, and then you're going to take a whiff, but there could be a hint of garlic in that beer. Yeah, there is. Okay? I could and, say that. And so uh, you take a cut of prime rib, a big old steak on the barbecue, and you pair it with this thing. I mean, it is magical, and we just took... Oh, yeah, you should marinate a steak. Yeah, we just took gold medal down for this beer. I, I believe it. Again, these are... Hands down, these are my favorite kind of beers. The Nut Browns and the Reds, uh, I could drink them all day. You talk about 
lawn mowing beers being the being the Harmons twenty four seven three sixty five. Uh, I would lawn mow with this beer. This is the kind of beer that I would God prefer to drink all the time right here. Yeah. yeah. And your wife and that half a lawn yeah. ain't going to work. I, I mean, like you know what? I don't mow the lawn. I've never the pushed a lawnmower, is, so I don't. He can. I've switched to an electric mower, and the battery runs out halfway through one of the two lawns. And so I, I just give up and go drink. So, <laughs> so I get a real, I get an almond. Keep, keep going. Almond, I get a vanilla. Yeah, you really get the vanilla one, like on the back when you're tasting it. I get almost a bitter chocolate. And what's what's great about a red to me? So honestly, See, that tastes much better. And to this me is than this is why ones. I think Elefino is great. The amount of hoppiness in Elefino and the amount of hoppiness in this red are right in line with each other. I don't think I wouldn't even say that the Elefino is is more hoppy than this. And so you get that. Nice bitter note at the back, but it's not overpowering. It's not the only thing you taste. It, it's got a lot going on. It's a complex beer, which is in my wheelhouse. I mean, that, that's what I seek out, and uh, it's well balanced, which is what you're articulating, and uh, that that makes it a great beer. Um, uh, it's nuanced. Um, look, if 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 there's anything else I can say about Red Rock beers, is that it doesn't matter the style; it's distinctive. It will be distinctive, and so you don't have to like it. If I if I set thirteen of our beers in front of you, we're going to find one you'll like, but you don't have to like them all. You know, we'll dump one if necessary. You don't have to drink it. You don't have to like things. Uh, you determine what is good beer for you, and uh, you know we'll keep taking stabs at it. Uh, Andrew Ronaldo, um, he way back in time was a sushi chef. And so he's a master of combining flavors. And, uh, this business could not be more fun in that, in that category. And he has no beard. So there's no beard yeast beer in this facility. Is that speaking of yeast? They have their own now on the, yeah. uh, They've got it. It's got it. This new, this new Red Rock Brewer era, the, the beardless era. You know. Yeah, I looked at him and I'm like, oh, you're missing something important. Yeah. I don't know how you're making beer, man. You don't have a beard. <laughs> I don't. He might actually be the first brewer that I've met that does not have a beard. I think I all know. of them I've met it's, so far. It's wild how many brewers have beards. Yeah. So uh, we're all different. I've got my own personality, but uh, my beer meme is the uh, the beard and the uh, the uh, lumberjack, red and black. You know what I'm saying. I got called a lumber sexual, lumber like, sexual. like <laughs> 10 years ago before it was really a thing. And now it's actually a thing. I don't understand. Yeah, I've never known him without a beard. We, a beard. We've been together for 12 years. so It's true. I never shaved it off in those 12 years. Once before that. So once I started growing the beard, I never went back. I did it for a Halloween costume once. I was uh, Carl from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. And uh, I shaved off the beard and dyed the mustache like jet black. It was a Thank fantastic God I know him commitment to a costume that was <laughs> was a subpar costume in the end. But uh, that was the last time I shaved off my beard. I've I've had one ever since. I've never uh, never removed the facial hair. So, well, if I could grow on beyond this sill patch, I might be with you. But hey, that's all you right. Know, you got blessed. Well, oh, except for except for you've got hair on the top of your head. He doesn't. Just, that's true. I'm just running the on top you don't, of my head. You don't singing. have a you don't have a problem up here. I have a huge problem up here. If I don't shave it, it grows in like a horseshoe. Like a horseshoe. 
And it looks ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it grows up here, but it's like super fine. Yeah, it's <laughs> not good. It doesn't look good. It's yeah. like I have a yarmulke of no hair. <laughs> um, so, uh, I, I'm, 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 uh, I'm curious what you think is, I mean, you said this is kind of your go-to. Is this your favorite beer of all time is the, the red? <laughs> no, it's my number two. I'm an Elfino fanatic. Okay. Uh, the red is my number two. The Marvella, which I oh, kept that's called. That, that's that label right there, right? It is. And, uh, and I'm sorry, I replied that. outside of my microphone. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go grab it out of the cooler. Um, um, the Marvella, Red Rock is our number one seller. Marvella is gonna come up number two. The Elefino is gonna be, um, 5X all of our beers to put that into perspective. That's insane. So yeah. it's five times better than any other beer. Not better. And just in sales. sales. Like that's what yeah. I mean, in sales. Yeah, yeah. It, it's in sales. And, uh, and, and the, the Marvella, which is, um, uh, a label that I participated in. I named it, um, Marvella Italian for miracle. And, um, uh, we wanted to make this a, uh, kind of a feminine leaning, beer um it's kind of a it's a part of the craft beer market we would like to develop um it's a wine market essentially um uh-huh. uh, you know and, like your next door neighbors for yeah. those of you that don't know by the way the beer store is literally next door to mountain west cidery yeah and uh and uh, in terms of bitterness uh, it's it's such an easy game I mean, when you ask people what kind of beer do you like they go I, you know I, I don't like uh bitter beers i don't like ipas well great uh, that's a measurement of IBUs, International Bitterness Units, and um, a Marvala will be down on a scale of 15 versus an Elefino that might be up around an 85 or something like that. So, put, put so that women are going to be more drawn to your label with the really pretty lady on it? Um, you women know, and me. It, it's, and uh, you? Well, yeah. I, I was... You well, know. It, it, it literally, uh, to me, is my palate cleanser. And so uh, I beer share every weekend. And, uh, you know, we bring beers from around the country. You get together with your pals. Marvella is my palate cleanser from the double IPAs. And so it has a Belgian yeast strain, uh, you know, Belgian candy sugar uh, that feeds the yeast on it. And it is just the most beautiful beer. And I just want to analyze or uh, add... Silver Medal Great American Beer Festival. Fantastic. And when I say Great American Beer Festival, That's you, you have to understand they're coming from like 3,800 breweries around the world. Wow. And that if you is, come home with a silver, it's spectacular. That is the beer festival in America yeah. that you want to medal in. Like, there's a lot of them out there. People, and a the, lot that's of the one that come, like people that don't know anything have heard of. Yeah, you know, it's it's just big time. But, I, I mean, you've got to be proud in Utah. We do it all the time. And it's not just this brewery. It's all of our breweries. Um, uh, but Red Rock, uh, we're proud of our product mix. And uh, Marvella is just astonishing. Now, let's talk ABVs. What we've had here is we've got Elefino, 8%. We've got the double white rainbow is about 85 The double red is about 95 we had the Harmons 24-7, which is about three and a half, right. and the Marvella clocks in at 11. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> Hang on. The, the only stuff that's up there, so one of my favorite really specialty ones, Squatters does, uh, God, what is it called? It's, it's, it's got gold foil on the top. It's like a, it's almost like a blend between like a vodka and a beer. Um, <laughs> I want to say it's Hell's Keep. Might be Hell's Keep. Hell's Keep's their be- Belgian golden, yeah. and I think it's at least a nine. It's like a yeah. I want to say it's like a nine yeah. or ten percent ABV. Okay, and uh, and so it's a Belgian golden. Um, 
I don't want to bore you with doubles, triples, quads, things like that, which when you get into Belgian territory don't mean shit because <laughs> uh, if, if a, like a Belgian triple, which is what the Marvella is, and, you know, if we were to call the Belgian golden just a Belgian gold, gold and then you go Belgian triple, and then you get uh, the Marvella has a, a bubblegum um uh, nuance, uh, to it. Um, when you get into these Belgian yeast strains, you can get into the territory of spicy, uh, uh, you know, to the, uh, uh, the Saison type, oh. uh, you know, type beers. Um, but this is more bubblegum. Um, I even added one to it. I added the banana runt candy with okay? <laughs> like uh so is this, I, banana is this runs like, are delicious is this like when you used to stick jolly ranchers in a zima <laughs> i tell you look <laughs> hey uh these adjectives that you come up with beers it's half the fun so I, i've got a guy this guy's um he has no end to adjectives and we're sitting there um you know he'll it's this it's that well some guy pipes in on on social media and he's talking about the elefino he's like yeah that's like licking some dude's armpit i'm like i'm gonna take that as a compliment pal <laughs> that's dank that's some dank shit I, I, I gotta tell you so i'm not a big fan of the saisons the the really sour stuff um but what i've noticed is the stuff made with cherries i find much much more pleasing to my palate than like the apple stuff. Okay, I, I want to be clear that in a saison, particularly a farmhouse ale, uh, which would be um, our um, our our fourth season, our La Quatre, uh, it, which is a seasonal. It 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 it's not uh, it's not sour at all. Um, this is a traditional. This is actually made for the 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 people working in the field. Um, and this is during a time where you can't even get clean, palatable water. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're slamming the Saisons, right? But the yeast strain in particular, um, could le- lean, uh, medicinal, uh, like to me is like Novocaine and I hate the dentist. So there's no way in hell I'm buying that beer. <laughs> you can get spicy notes of, uh, like a black pepper. Right, hmm. but not to be confused with a bubble gum banana. You see where I'm going with that? Yeah, yeah. Like absolutely. those are a couple of different profiles. Yeah. That would be like bitterness and malty or something, but whatever in Belgian speak. But uh, Marvella, um, you make small conversation. I'm gonna go get one. Okay. Yeah, you bet. So like I, I'm talking like so, and I've had I've said this on the air before with saisons. Like, um, for example, I like Epics. Brainless raspberries a lot. It's a sour, it's a little sour, it's a raspberry based beer. I think it's fantastic. But they have this like super sour saison that's like a, it's, I think it's a green apple based, uh-huh. uh, where they have those notes. I can't stand it. I think it's disgusting. Uh, so I'm really interested in these barrels that I'm seeing here. Uh, yeah. in particular. The Flanders. I don't know when they're going to come out. I don't know if they've been announced. Um, they seem like they're still pretty young. I think they've only been in there yeah, a few months. It, doesn't it looks look like, like it looks like about four months they've been sitting in these barrels. Uh, and again, I mean, we're, we're looking at the actual, like, literal barrels that these small batches are sitting in. I definitely need to come and have some of this stuff, uh, when, it, yeah. when it's released. I, I don't think, think you're, this is I think a, you might like that. Yeah, so when he's, uh, he's washed out our glasses because he wants uh, us to, he's he a wants wine you to gentleman. Taste and he doesn't want me to have the, like, super dark red, uh, very hoppyish, uh, red underneath oh, it. Oh, look at yeah, that. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh, I'm loving that's the color. That's pretty. Jeremy likes himself a golden beer. I love uh, gold. That's really nice. It's a nice, rich, that is dark really kind pretty. of gold. It's not a cloudy, you know, wheat. Um, that's a that's a beautiful beer, beer this uh, Marvella. 
I was going to ask, and I want to bust you out when you know when you guys are going to release this this small batch that you've got here made with the cherries. Uh, is that just going to be released here in your your beer store, or are you going to do something else with it? Yeah, that, it's it's small batch, as you can see. If it's in barrels like that, it's going to be limited, and uh, it's a Flanders on cherries for the listeners, and uh, so it's going to be it's going to be tart. At some level, and uh, these are generally at least one-year projects for us. Okay, so I got like another seven or eight months to go at least. Yeah, it looks like we're in a Chardonnay barrel on that beer. Okay, so okay. so you're going to get some oak, you're going to get some vanilla, you're going to get gonna some be, Chardonnay, you're going to get some That's going to be an amazing whatever. beer. Um, ideally, you know. And how fun is it, the anticipa- anticipation that you do the work, you do the labor, and, and then you're going to wait. wait for a year. <laughs> yeah. This so what when a guy is so this, good when a guy leaves to open his own brewery and he's got crap that's in a barrel that he doesn't really get to get the final product and he leaves does he come back? Test, I guess it depends on terms. Does he right? come back and he's like, <laughs> "Hey, I got to try this. You got to give me some of this. This is my beer that I made." That you know, uh, craft craft beer people are cordial. It really encapsulates this Utah community more than anything. I mean, uh, there's no animosity. Uh, we are all in it together. And uh, <laughs> uh, you win some and you lose some. I tell you that, you know. Um, so it's like, yeah, of course you want to try other people's successes. You want to try your success. Um, uh, we're just proud. Um, we're a proud community here in Utah. Craft oh my gosh, that's a tolerable beer. Did you drink that? So good. I don't. It's it, it's like Coke. This like is, I could. I could this is it. the this is the target audience right here. Is the woman that doesn't drink a lot of beer. This is the only one I've had two sips of. Yeah, so it has next to that's no good. bitterness. So yeah, you know, I don't. It's almost it, sweet. I, I it, it doesn't take long to connect really the dots. And, and yes, all. you do have sweetness, which, by the way, the yeah, opposite of bitter would definitely. be sweet. And so that is your taste profile. I mean, yeah. you get some. You get some good. Good notes when you're when you're uh, smelling it, but I think that the flavor yeah, but none of that stuff that most beer is, is does to me at the back inside. of my throat with the bitter, it that didn't is, do that at that all. Is like for sweet. Me. So, in my opinion, on the nose of a of a Belgian, uh, you will pick up characteristics of yeast, but we do not dry hop a Belgian. This particular Belgian, yeah, and I'm getting, I'm, I'm definitely getting a lot of vanilla out of it. That's honey. really pretty. Like almost a note of honey on it. You yeah, guys there's have to uh, wait as we all. There's well, I can talk because I'm not drinking it, but yeah, it's <laughs> that's that's definitely gotten rid of the the worst part of beer for me. All right, so we had some some big beers. We had the Elefino, we had the Double White Rainbow, we had the Imperial Red, and so this Marvella is a transition beer for me. It's a palate cleanser. It's the bottom line, you know. I would definitely say a pellet cleanser. And and not to say it doesn't drink in its own right, but that's how it fits Plus in I my mix. I love this label. I'm loving this yeah, label. Yeah, same here. Same that's here. fantastic. Is this your same artist? Um, no, no. No, this looks like a completely oh, different artist. Yeah, um, this is... Uh, um, Sorry, I'm not going to be able to answer that. I, I, <laughs> I'd wager like, to say every single one of these is, is completely a different person. Like you said, this was a contest. You said this this yeah. one you did. Yeah, we talked about Elefino. Yeah, we didn't really talk about like um, who actually drew look, this. Yeah, but, look, look but the, they're all very different. The double white rainbow. We're not going to win any art awards. No, um, all all we did was follow a it. vision of of uh, J Ron uh, Jaron, 
uh, he works at TF, but you know, he'd sat there, he literally like called it out, you know, it's like, yeah. I'm, now that's the double white rainbow. And it's I, not I the OG. It. Uh, the original one has a tie dye background, which is probably, uh, from a design perspective, a little more interesting to me, but, um, we get in label arguments around here like you oh, wouldn't I believe. Bet. You know why? <laughs> because everybody's right. And everybody knows. And then, um, you know, so I wrote a, man- a manifesto. I come back and I'm like, you know, the subjectivity of art. There's no right. There's no wrong. Um, but you should be able to answer to what it is that you're, uh, who your target is. Who do you, who do you want it to appeal to at some level? You know, just have some basic, uh, reasoning for the direction that you're going. Um, now having said that, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, uh, one of the best beers in the country made by Half Acre, um, you know, um, makes a, you know, like a nothing label, you know, and it says nothing or, uh, or it's got broccoli on it and it's like double broccoli as, you know, uh, okay. Voodoo Ranger for, yeah. um, you know, for, uh, New Belgian, right? Well, if I came to somebody and I'm like, yeah, I'm thinking about this skeleton guy, he kind of dresses an old military drab. Right. People here would go, you're insane, Mike. And it's a no. Right. It's not going to happen. Well, it now comprises 65 percent of all revenue for New Belgium, all within a five year period of time. So when you think you're smart about labels, think again. You know, that, that uh, voodoo label is everywhere. You see it everywhere. Look, it's got its own Instagram account, man. I mean, it's got he guy's got 65,000 followers, you know, and he's gay this week. Probably, you know, he takes on all kinds <laughs> of week? things. So. Well, it's, uh, Maybe the month. The, yeah, <laughs> Maybe the, the month. you know the month is great. Uh, uh, you know, Sugar House is a is yeah. a big uh, a big brewery for or a big distillery for us. Um, but who, who's Five Wives? Is that um, Ogden Zone? Ogden yeah. Zone. That's right. I have and they two do, of their They models. do the five the five husbands every year. Five different label. I, I was tempted to go grab this year's because it was great, but. I just have like this collection. So vodka is my thing. We have too much. I have vodka. a collection of vodka on top of the liquor cabinet that nobody's allowed to drink. And Chris told me I could, I had to drink one of the others. And I have the OG vodka bottle from Five Wives, and then the I think the next year. So I decided I'm not ready to drink the vodka yet, so I can't get the new bottle. But like that's a great. It's awesome. Yeah, it really is. Um, and you just remind me, like I want to give you a scoop on this podcast. All right. Um, so, uh, we have a new beer coming out called the fuck a final. Okay? <laughs> it's F U K I P H I N O. Right. And, uh, Chris, who, uh, the artist of the endearing elephant elephant, uh, is in charge of the artwork. Ooh. He has an octafont and it is so Freaking cool. That sounds I mean, cool. it's going to be unreal. So it's an elephant head with uh, uh, octopus tentacles. That is and, awesome. and this guy's imagination is about as crazy as it gets. Um, this is going to be a double IPA. We're probably going to hit about 9% ABV, but it's going to come in with a sweeter profile, huh. um, a little less uh, hoppy, um, and it's going to be a great companion to the Elephino. So. Oh, that's that awesome. Right. Fuck if I know. I love, <laughs> I love that. Love the namings. Yep. Uh, that's awesome. But when you said Ogden Zone, uh, because in Utah, you're like, is that going to fly? You know, and remember, they had to go to court because yep. oh, yeah. they had that kitten uh, that was held below the waistline. 
of the woman, and they went to court, and they won. You know, yeah. it's First Amendment, straight up. You know, what are you going to do? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just like Bruvies won. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There are some things that we do in the state yeah. that encourage creativity. There are other things that we do in the state that waste taxpayer dollars. Yeah. Uh, and one of those is... is, well, is uh, I'm, I'm, I imagine that's, that's everywhere, but it, it is great that that by making something what they thought was difficult actually bred something amazing. Like so, by making weird laws, they actually created something so, that's that's nowhere else. I, I am curious your take, because Utah law, I mean, there is a Brewers Guild. There, I know there's a Distillers Guild now that they, these guys have been getting together. Um, you know, when we have our, our legislative sessions in January and February of every year, um, always the question is, what are they going to change? What are they going to give us? And what are they going to take away? You know, how do you guys as a, as a brewery respond to that? And how do you think those laws have, have impacted, you know, your guys' space in, in this industry? I mean, obviously you came to work here as part of one of those law changes. Um, if, if you would, um, if you wouldn't mind, I would prefer to answer on a personal basis and not Absolutely. speak on behalf of the company. Absolutely. Um, because, uh, it, whatever comes out of your mouth is controversial yeah. as it applies to laws and oh, Red Rock always, knows always. that, right? And, and yeah, Red Rock yeah. is not, to be clear, folks, we, and we've talked about this, Red Rock's not without controversy in this space, even that, for that, other that, local that, people. That, that's exactly right. And, uh, and the matter for which you refer, uh, I'm an expert on and not many people are. And uh, I created something called the Utah Consumer Coalition. It's a 501c4, right? And I was so upset at Red Rock, uh, based on the reporting that I had heard during this moment. This is when we're trying to get um, uh, higher ABV into the grocery stores. We're shooting for 6%. Um, uh, people don't understand that it's really that in the Brewers Guild where you've got large breweries, small breweries, there's all kinds of politics that occur. And the Brewers Guild... Uh, themselves held a position that the um, uh, increase in ABV would bring increased competition um, to Salt Lake City or to Utah in general, right? Um, in the end, uh, I'm, I'm set back uh, by, you know, what I heard, which is a long story, mm-hmm. but some breweries have their own, um, their own lobbyist. And uh, the owner of Red Rock was invited by a lobbyist of a local brewery to speak on behalf of the matter as a doctor because he is a Ph.D. in the medical community. He did so in such a way that uh, it repelled uh, craft beer consumers mm. and uh, people that just like, I don't understand what just come out of your mouth from an owner of a brewery, right? And God bless him, right? I mean, I, I, I love this guy. He is the owner of Red Rock, and we are great friends. Doesn't mean... Uh, and admittedly, uh, Kathy Stevenson, in a follow-up interview, uh, he has admitted his error. Um, but the way that it occurred was pretty spectacular and pretty uh, nefarious, uh, in my opinion, right? So I, uh, I'm like, I don't like the Brewers Guild, nor do I like uh, this whole concept. And so the consumer just got shit on, ultimately. Nobody was thinking about the consumer. I hate it when that happens, right? I just hate it when that happens. The companies uh, consort and they go, well, what's best for us, right? And um, so um, the traction that, that, that I, uh, the headway that I made with that in particular was I tested the ideas. 
uh, of, of heavy beer on draft in particular. Okay, that, that deal's done. It's done. Uh, we, we had a lobbyist representing Walmart essentially got the deal done. We landed at 5%. It's not the end of the world, but there was a boogeyman in that process. It was the owner of Red Rock. And, uh, and so immediately I'm like, you know what? Uh, I'm going to fight another fight. And it's this heavy beer on draft. Um, understand that grocery is, is a very porous environment. Okay. And, uh, and I know from, from, I know, like I'll just tell you from personal history, I can grab a 12 pack of beer and run like a motherfucker and I'll probably outrun you. Okay. <laughs> That's when I'm 18. Okay. And, and, and I, they don't give a shit to chase you. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter. I'm just out the door. Right. So grocery is complicated. It's complicated in grocery. Now, having said that, let's say that you walk into a Red Rock brew pub downtown, right? Uh, and, and, or a bar for that matter, Lucky 13, whoever you want it to be. They check your ID. You're now in the bar, right? Well, I tell you what doesn't happen is 16 year olds don't run in the bar, order an Alifino, have it poured into a glass and run out. Okay. They just don't do it. It doesn't happen. So let me tell you something absurd that. In our own brew pub. So we package Marvella over here at this brewery and, uh, we made it. And then at our, at our brew pub, we sell it. And then you, we pour it into your glass. And then this bottle goes into the trash. It's ridiculous. Okay? It makes no sense. Now I want you to know this bottle almost costs as much as not this glass, but is this glass, the shaker? Yeah. About the same price. So when I throw that in the trash can, you're going to look at me like I'm insane. You're like, this guy is stupid. He's insane. But that's essentially what we're doing. Um, so heavy beer on draft. Okay, the law already allows any ABV to be poured. Uh, I've already checked your ID. You're not underage. You're in my facility. I made the beer, but I have to package that. So now that costs me a dollar. Okay, so uh, from a small business uh, business perspective, I'm going to spend uh, two hundred. Dollar packaging is a lot. It, it's a lot. Uh, that's a German bottle. It's Might as well a, just burn your money. Well, it just you know if it made any sense whatsoever. I mean, back in the fifties when we recycled bottles, maybe. Yeah, and 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 Red Rock actually uh, does use momentum uh, recycling uh, for our bottles. Brown glass, I think, heads to Denver. Uh, you know, uh, ultimately uh, for a user, light glass ends to somebody working on insulation and in, and in, you know, central Utah, yeah, yeah. something along that line. But the fact that it's out of my pocket, like literally, um, there's people making more money on this beer than we are, and uh, and it didn't prevent anything. And uh, so I. I schedule an appointment at the, uh, with the head of the DABC at the time. I make my rounds uh, to anybody that that's, uh, this legislation would be interested in. And, uh, and I'm saying, you know, if I'm going to buy a Big Bad Baptist, uh, which is probably an 11% imperial stout, uh, perhaps more, right? And they only sell it in a 22-ounce bomber, okay? I don't want 22 ounces of beer. Really I honestly don't. 16. I just want to taste it. I, I actually probably want about 10, per, 10 ounce of that, right? I want to taste it. And, uh, but if you force me to buy it, I'm going to drink that some bitch. <laughs> yeah. Cause you got to spend the whole damn. No, I'm tight. I'm yeah. bona fide. I'm, I'm like bona fide, uh, tight wad, right? Yeah. And I just shelled out 10, 15 bucks for this beer. Actually, if it's in a restaurant, it's probably more like 30, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So Utah makes these laws sometimes that are, 
you know, it was back when we were, when I first started drinking, we were pouring out of minis, you know, it's like, no, take this two ounce, ounce and a half sucker, you know, suffer with it. You know, it's like, no, I only want an ounce, you know, uh, just well, whatever it is. I, I should be able to I was going to ask you about flights because that was a change that happened. I don't know, like six years ago, that maybe, long ago. maybe, yeah. maybe not even that long ago. You know, we used to be able to go to a brewery, for instance, and order a flight of beers that was, you know, the eight different beers that they had on tap that they made. And you could go from light to dark and you get that whole experience of, of everything that they make. Uh, and now you can't do that. Now you can't have that same kind of flight experience without ordering a couple different times. Um, you know, what was the, do you have any idea on what the thought was there? Or? Um, you know, presently on 5% draft, uh, there are flight options and I can't recite those laws to you because they're not, Come and, on, you're not and, an expert. And, you're yeah, not they're not important in, in my mind at this time. <laughs> um, uh, but, uh, nevertheless, um, you know, the wine companies, uh, are, you know, have these tasting privileges and it comes to beer and something's different. And, um, uh, you know, you just want your stuff to make sense. Uh, and, and by the way, uh, we are all for, uh, you know, uh, not just prohibiting, but, uh, you know, creating barriers for underage drinking. We are all in for uh, not driving uh, right. uh, under the influence. I right? don't know. Any... Just FYI for people who are listening. Yeah. Julia is Jeremy's DD. I'm Chris's DD. I, so. I don't know. I don't know any brewer or distiller that has an interest in serving minors, uh, especially in the small space, like in the local space, an interest in serving minors or an interest in uh, over serving or sending people home to drive. Uh, intoxicated. That's just not, it's not good for business. It's, it's not a good it's idea. It's not worth the fine. No. All right. So you want to hear something wild then in the scope of things. Uh, do you know that, uh, that I can serve you a liter of oh, beer? Really? Yeah. Hmm. Of heavy beer. <laughs> Big Bad Baptist, if you want, if, if you're that kind of man, Give me I can liter. serve it to you. Well, a liter I've, of cola. By law. I've used this example before. So, um, when I used to work for the hospital association, we would have conferences and we had a conference up at Snowbird one time. And so there's their conference facilities and then there's the bar that, you know, just people that are staying up at Snowbird can go in. And they're serving the same things. They're serving the same kinds of well, wine. It's like when you go that. to Oktoberfest. Right. So anyway, we're in the convention. Me, my boss, her husband, my husband, we're there, we're drinking. Um, we go to walk out of the conference facility to walk over to the bar and we've just gotten full glasses of wine, my boss and I. You know, you, you can't walk the, you know, yards that it is from the edge of this conference. The, across the hall. So since we've literally got this, now we've just paid for it, right? Cause they're, they're, they're doing it by the bottle. We, we've paid for this. The company's paid for it. Kelly and I down a whole glass of wine. Now it's not like it's high alcoholic content or whatever. But I'm not going to set my full glass of wine down. I'm going to drink it. And then we walk over to the bar and order, order another, another glass of wine. Yeah, you're at nine bucks. That's the bottom line. You know? Yeah. So now you have literally forced me to drink maybe one more glass of That's wine right. that I would have. That's exactly Because right. I would have walked over there. I would have kept sipping my glass of wine. When, when I told the director of the UDABC at the time, which is not the current uh, director, he looked at me like I was an alien. I said, <laughs> sometimes people will drink less. And he's like, no, that's not possible. I'm like, it's well, possible. And the it downside is. is, you know, when you're talking to the DABC, I mean, these guys, they're not idiots. They understand a lot of that stuff. And they're 
they're enforcing the laws that have been written for them. That's right. Uh-huh. They don't make laws, they enforce them. And Correct. I think that's the big problem. A lot of people make the DABC out to be the bad guys. They're not the bad guys. They they do a lot of shit to try and make the law work for people. But at the end of the day, the law is in the hands of the legislature. And, and, and the legislature the ones- majority doesn't, they don't drink. They don't get it. They just yeah. think it's bad. Yeah. Um, we, uh, we intend, uh, our intention is uh, to revive um, I know this sounds strange, but we have, uh, we had the grocery, uh, movement to 5%. There was an agreement made that there, that nobody would run a liquor bill for two years, uh, for acceptance of that. Okay. So I'm like, uh, I didn't make that agreement. You know, let's, let's, <laughs> let's give it a run. But no, these guys stick to their guns. Um, so I spent the year testing on Facebook. Um, I tested, um, a couple of variations and specifically the, um, you know, the waste, the packaging waste. Um, they're recyclable, uh, recyclable, I should say. But, you know, it's like the, uh, the founder of New Belgium Brewing, um, you know, the president of New Belgium Brewing says that, look, uh, you know, not wasting to begin with. Is the ultimate, you know, yeah, it's, exactly. not, it, it's, exactly. it's not, it's not, it's not recycling. So if you have something that just creates waste, eliminate it, you know, and, and then if you've got no way around it, recycle it. Um, and, uh, and it was quite successful. You know, um, I, I run Facebook ads, uh, amongst headlines and, and, and that's a very important issue for people. Uh, you know, the environmental component. It's huge. It's of, huge. Uh, and if you know how aluminum is made and, you know, bottles ultimately turn into sand eventually, but, uh, you know, this, uh, customer in here tonight on a river trip, uh, glass where he was, well, it's just not cool, right? It's just, you know, ultimately it's not cool. So if you can avoid some of these things, you do. And, but I'm talking about our internal environments where it just makes zero sense whatsoever. We're not talking about fluid ounces. We're not talking about ABV. We're talking about, you know, the fact that I can't pour it you, out of a tap. You into serving your, glass. your own beer. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and just avoid the glass in particular, right? Uh, it's got a carbon footprint. Let's put it that way. It's, yeah, it, sure it, it at does. some level, this thing, you know, uh, ha- has a carbon footprint. So, um, I think we can make progress on that issue. And I think the time is right. It's post COVID. And look, if we've seen anything about politics in the last two years, it's that, um, people don't want their rights infringed upon. Right. So we're all about our personal liberties and we're all about making sense, evidently, uh, here in Utah. And so I think the time's right. It's like, yeah, take everything you said in the last 24 months and apply it to this. Right. Let, yeah, exactly. Let's take another look at this, um, which would be uh, have a huge impact on local craft beer, uh, which are small businesses. And we will make more money, um, meaning we're more profitable. Therefore, we pay, pay more, more taxes. More taxes. <laughs> right? yeah. Like it's the name of the game. Like that's where we're at. So um, uh, so we will assist them and bringing uh, smart uh, governance, uh, to alcohol laws and, and, uh, you know, we're not mad. And by the way, that's the other component of this thing is the mad people chime in and they're like, you know, F the DABC, right? And it's like, well, you know, not really, you know, that's not how we're going to get anything done. You know, I, I feel your pain, but, uh, no, we're, we're talking about, you got to work with people yeah. to get stuff and, done. And by the way, see, if I sell a beer out of this beer, this package agency, it's the same price as if it was in somebody else's real estate where the state of Utah was paying the rent, right? Well, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense either, right? So we paid for the labor, we paid for the real estate, yet we still have to pay the so-called, uh, you know, uh, 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 two row, 
we'll call it a bottle tax, a bottle shop tax, meaning I paid for every expense to sell this beer, but I'm still paying you the same, right? So we just have to bring some smart, uh, components uh, to the law, and 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 there's people that will listen. Um, the further south you get, uh, they run campaigns called "Fear the Beer," you know, and you just put up scare campaigns. Doesn't matter what the issue is. No, you know, it's like uh, it's here to stay. We're we're buying lunches for school kids, and uh, we're creating a surplus. And uh, now let's uh, be environment, you know, environmentally responsible, and let's be um, tax responsible for our citizens in the state of Utah. Yeah, I think that's a, and I think that's a good place to wrap things up. So, yeah, uh, I, I just want to, you know, where can people come? Uh, what's the address here for the beer store that people can come and buy your beer? Uh, the address for your, your locations where they can get it on draft. If you're a fan of craft beer, I always encourage you to buy your beer directly from the brewery. Why? Because we don't sit it in a warehouse for 60 days. They get warm and then see what happens to it. Right? <laughs> cold, if, warm, yeah. cold, we've warm. Yeah. We've been in a cold storage area. That's right. You'd you, much rather buy it from you, here. You come down and, and, you know, they've got the social media. So if we, if we bottle Elefino, um, there's nothing like a born on date of today. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> Beer's not champagne. It doesn't age well. No, it ages the enemy. Uh, so where, where, what's the address for the 443, uh, north, 400 west. Um, I suggest that, uh, if you want to avoid city congestion, you just come around on the six north yep. off ramp, swings you right in. If you're coming from the burbs, if you're from downtown, it's easy to get here. Um, but it's, um, yeah, uh, same price you pay at the DABC. There's no markups, no, re- no, no restaurant markup, but by all means, our brew pubs, if you're looking for something to eat, and a great environment. Uh, please join Fantastic. us downtown, Park City, Fashion Place. Is that the three? There's just the three? Those are the three, yeah. Oh, I'm just going to tell you, we're going to build a new brewery. That's the bottom line. Oh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. to talk and, about that. And, and, and uh, you know, we talked about a lot of important stuff, and I'm just going to set this up there, uh, that uh, we are next to a cidery, uh, Mountain West. They're great neighbors. We love them. They've got a great product. And uh, just south of that cidery, um, we are actively working on a new brewery for Red Rock, and uh, we're very excited about it. It's going to be a great addition to Utah Craft Beer. That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Um, for letting us uh, come in, yeah. see the facility, record uh, here. Getting to, to taste some various uh, various uh, refreshments. <laughs> um, if you guys like what you heard, please share the episode. That's obviously what helps us the most. Um, what are you showing me? Card. Yeah, a card? Do you have? Oh, oh she has a card. Yeah, I pulled up a card. She's oh. got a card. Ooh, she's look at you, Julia. Okay. Make fu- better fucking choices. If you are pissed at where you are, then stop taking yourself there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> There's your oracle for the week. Oracle for the week. Uh, follow us out on social media at TNU Podcast, and uh, you can go to our website, thenewutah.com. Uh, to find uh, all of our stuff, like the old episode that we had uh, with Tim Heron, uh, number 167. Uh, you can find all that stuff on our website. Uh, and hopefully you have a fantastic week as it gets hot as shit, because summer's coming. Love you, Salt Lake City. We love you.